Greetings and blessings upon us as we gather in this holy place to share these moments of contemplation for Holy Wednesday. Let us pray. Father God, the Lenten journey has been a long one. Even as we and our world peck away like baby chicks at the pandemic shell that has surrounded and isolated us, even as we marvel at the blooming flowers and the songs of birds, we know. We know that the journey is not over and that the days to come are the hardest of all. Lord, even as we rejoice in anticipation of Sunday, let us not skip over the days to come, beginning with this night on which your friend, your companion, your beloved made up his mind to betray you. Teach us to live in the moment, however hard it might be, for we know that your presence is never truer than in the darkest nights. Amen.
words often fill our expressions of prayer. As we reflect on Christ's sacrificial love during the Holy Week, let us enter a time of silence, a time of listening. I invite you at this time to keep three minutes of contemplative silence. At the end of these three minutes, I welcome you to join me as we share together in repeating our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Turn your eyes to the 
you are able for the reading of the gospel lesson, John chapter 13, verses 21 through 32. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of who he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, after he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, Do quickly what you are going to do. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Jesus, Judas had the common purse, 
Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. You may be seated. And good evening. Good to see all of you here tonight. Thanks for Kathy for leading us in worship and also Lisa and Mark for that beautiful special music. Always doing a great job with that. Well, here we are, midweek, halfway through this glorious Holy Week. For those of you who started out here on Sunday, we heard our district superintendent, Chris Ramsey, uh, speak on Palm Sunday, and then on Monday, Bill Brown, and last night was uh, Bob, and tonight, and I think tomorrow night will be George. Is that correct, George? Okay. In this week, Holy Week, we trace the events from Jesus' final arrival in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to celebrate his last Passover to earth, to his death, and then on Easter Sunday for his resurrection. It can be a painful time because during this week we come face to face with the worst that men and women can do to one another and with that contrasting grace and love of God in our midst. And at no time is this truer than on Friday when the commemoration of Jesus' trial and execution and Wednesday, today, when we confront the betrayal and the broken relationship and that set up his arrest and condemnation. Verse 27 says it clears, was read tonight. After Judas received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Judas. You all know about Judas. What is it that could be said during Holy Week? What could be said on this particular night before Jesus celebrates the Last Supper with his disciples, what can be said about Judas that you don't already know? Well, I don't know about you, but I know every time I read the story of Jesus' betrayal, I'm struck by how hard it must have been for Jesus to have someone whom he loved, someone who followed him so long, to betray him. How would you feel about that? Perhaps you have lived long enough that, that you have a good friend who perhaps had betrayed you. Think about Jesus. But I'm also struck as well by how hard it must have been for Judas. Judas, who had pinned each uh, hope on Christ, only to have them dashed. Judas, who believed that at the end of it all, that this was probably all that was left for him, that is, to betray the Messiah into the hands of those who wanted to stop him. How hard this must have been for Judas. So was Judas all that bad of a person? Perhaps Judas is the one who midweek, just before Jesus celebrated the last, 
maybe Judas is the one who, who started all of this, as we know. We don't know why Judas acted the way he did. I mean, John's gospel doesn't really tell us any more than we know that why Jesus would have chosen Judas in the first place. I mean, these are not the questions that were important to John, so he didn't need to tell us, and he didn't think it was anything that we need to know in order to understand about Jesus, Judas. I mean, these are not the questions that are important to John, so he, don't, he doesn't tell us what we'd need to know to answer them. But what mattered to John, the gospel writer, was the fact of Judas's betrayal and how it sets the stage for Jesus's arrest and, and everything that came after. Even in purely human terms, it's a compelling story. And you know the story very well. The picture of that small band of men dedicated to a leader, dedicated to a cause who are betrayed by the one in their own ministry of fiction and of drama. Somehow that, that resonates with us because in one way or another, we've all been there. In our human brokenness, we have been at the course of our lives of the betrayer and we also have been betrayed. But what this lifts this story beyond the pure human, what, what makes it the, the good news that in that brokenness that we're always seeking and never more so than during this Holy Week, we'll find the good news. Not in the story of Judas that uh, exerts such a fascination for us, but in the way that Jesus responds to that betrayal. When you have been betrayed, how is it that you responded to that person whom you loved? The one whom you trusted. The one who had been part of your life for a while. And all of a sudden you hear that this person has thrown you under the bus, stabbed you in the back or whatever. They have betrayed you. Maybe you've been the one who's betrayed others. Maybe it's during Holy Week that we reflect on what Judas did to Jesus, but more so how Jesus responded to that betrayal. That's what's important. We'll find that good news, not in the story that, where Judas exerts that fascination for us, but in Jesus' response. It's clear from Jesus' own words quoted in the, in the Gospels that he, is, he relied heavily on the book of Isaiah, on that book to understand and express what it meant to be the Messiah, God's anointed one. Jesus radically refined the role of the Messiah, not, not as a royal ruler, but as a servant of God. You understand that servanthood? Jesus didn't necessarily want to be that royal ruler. But Jesus came as a servant for all of us. Jesus had, had modeled his ministry as a servant. He, and, and later on his followers, will use the servant's words and the servant's followers' words to explain who he is and what kind of Messiah that Jesus really is. In the book of Hebrews, 
the author reminds us that Jesus endured the cross and disregarding its shame. I like that. It is in those ancient words in our heart that we must turn to the gospel reading for today. Taken from John's gospel, but John does not relate us, uh, relate us as, as Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke do, does, how, how Judas went on the day before the Last Supper, Wednesday, and actually arranged matters with the authority. Judas. Instead, he tells us about an event of the supper itself. I believe that you understand that Jesus knows that he's going to be betrayed. By this time, from Paul, Palm Sunday until today, Jesus knows that he's going to be betrayed. And he also knows who it is that's going to do it. Because the verse for tonight, particularly verse 21, begins with Jesus' revelation of the fact of the disciples at the supper table with Jesus. Now, I don't think that this knowledge depends in any way on Jesus' uh, being the Son of God. I'm sure that in this small and ultimate, uh, that uh, small intimate circle, and with Jesus and the twelve, that it had really not possible for G Judas to undergo so basic change in his feelings. What took place? Jesus called him three years prior to that. And for three years, Judas was at his side, listening to his parables, listening to people who have their sights brought back to them, even a few of those that have been raised from the dead. Judas. But his feelings changed. Did Judas, from the very beginning, three years prior to Jesus calling him to be in the intimate group did Judas really know did Judas really know what his role was however he knows Judas knows what his role is and Jesus knows and in a curiously intimate little conversation for only Jesus and Judas know what Jesus is talking about Jesus then sends Judas off in the night to carry out the role that Judas had chosen for himself. Are you with me? Judas chose that role for himself. And then comes the really extraordinary thing. Jesus says to those that remain, Judas is away, the rest of them are there, and Jesus said to them in verse 31, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him, verse 31. God has been glorified in him. Sending Jesus, uh, Judas off essentially to, to get it over with seems understandable. Just as, as what a painful and difficult surgery that we're facing and, and treatment. Uh, just get started. Let's, let's go ahead and get this surgery underway. We recognize in this action the same spirit as the servant. The one who accepts pain, the one who disgraced when it is inevitable and relies upon the help and vindication of God. But how can anyone speak of the glory in this situation? 
How is it that we can talk about on Wednesday night before Jesus serves the Last Supper to his disciples? How can we talk about glory in this situation? If Jesus knows that he's about to be betrayed to his death, then he must know what a painful and shameful death it will be. I believe at this point in Jesus' life that he knew what his purpose was. He knew exactly what was going to take place in his life. Nothing appears to be further from glory than a Roman crucifixion. And yet the author of Hebrews also speaks of the joy that was set before Jesus as the reason that Jesus endured that cross. Jesus endured that cross. Made the cross glorious, if you will, by his shameful death upon it. Why is this glory? Why this, this joy? Jesus reveals his oneness with the Father, and the Father reveals his oneness with Jesus. And that's the glory to which Jesus' death is the gateway. That's why we can talk about the glory tonight. That's why we can talk about the glory on Good Friday. And then, of course, celebrate the glory on Easter Sunday. Why? How can we do it? Because in the daily acts of obedience and faithfulness that brought Jesus to that death, Jesus revealed to his Father his Father's love for humankind and for the world. The life of love that Father and Son share with the Holy Spirit. Jesus revealed that. Jesus knew his relationship. And by revealing it and by showing us the way of obedience and faithfulness, Jesus then invites us also, also to share in that divine gift of love. Bill spoke plainly and good about that on Monday night. The God of love. So having set his feet irrevocably on the path of Calvary. The Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. I like that verse. The one that I've concentrated on this, this whole week, and the one that will bring me to Easter Sunday's celebration. Let me say it again. The Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. So now the final three days can begin. Everyone knows their, their role. Judas knows his role. Judas knew it when, when Jesus sent him out into the dark. Judas knew exactly what he was supposed to be because he chose it for himself. But let the final three days begin now that we know our role, everyone knows their role, everyone has made their choices. And the saving work of Jesus is about to, about to reach its conclusion. And we're invited not to watch. Not just to watch, but to take part. To claim a share in the divine life that Jesus has opened to us. That's the good news. That's the good news in this gospel and in this holy week. 
That's the good news that we share to all mankind. But only can we share it when we have that relationship with the risen Christ. When we have that relationship and have that Holy Spirit come upon us, then we know that we can glorify in God and share that good news with somebody. May that be so. May we enjoy, and I say enjoy, but may we enjoy the next three days as we move to uh, Monday, Thursday, going into following the ways of the cross on Friday, and then all that takes place on Saturday. But mainly as we gather together and celebrate the resurrection, the good news that you can share is the fact that you have relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Give us courage, O God, my rock and my redeemer, to accept the same kind of road to glory that Jesus walked ahead of us. We ask, Father, that you would give us a fresh vision of this most holy week. I pray this in his powerful and holy name. Amen.
Would you stand for the benediction, please? Our Father, as we leave this sacred place tonight, we pray that your presence will go with us, that your Holy Spirit will abide in us, and that we know that relationship with you will bring all glory and honor to your holy name. May we go now in peace. Amen.